All right, here we go. Are you ready? I guess. <laughs> Every time. Welcome to M Vibes Podcast. Home of good music, good libations, and good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome. This is a uh, next episode on we're doing southern rock, not so southern rock today. I'm Amanda. I'm Eric. This is Javier. So what are we what are we drinking today? Mm. Tommy's got something new here today. Uh, new Belgium fruit punch hard seltzer pink lemonade. It's not bad. Where, where's it from? New Belgium. Uh, new Belgium. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm I'm over here on a tail end of a Labatt Blue. Y'all can make fun of me if you Holy want. Holy hell! I don't recall the last time I had one of those. It's good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of hot. I'm trying to like keep it low key because we are recording on Memorial Day and driving home today <laughs> is going to be a bunch of idiots and cops. Yeah. So we're trying to. You know, I I just drove home from Asheville. I didn't see one cop the whole way home. Huh. So yeah, yeah I'm going to finish that up. And I'm switching over to Coco Loco. Oh, I haven't had a Coco Loco in a while. Oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah, we're worth mentioning. We're back at Tommy's today, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we typically only can record here Mondays. I am drinking uh, Pina Colada Gosa, um, with, that's brewed with toasted coconut and conditioned on local whipped honey and pear puree. Mm-hmm. Pear puree because it's the second uh, beer with. A pear that I've had from Pilot and pear, pear puree works great with beer. I mean, it mm-hmm. really does. Yeah, but I'm also at the tail end of mine, so I'm following up with an Imperial Hop Drop and Roll. Good stuff. What am I drinking? Oh yeah, I'm drinking uh, Pilot Brewing's Birds of Flight West Coast IPA. I love that beer. That's uh, the Raptor Center beer. Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you mm-hmm. to. Uh, can we autograph the, the can for you? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're all legends. I mean, you you know that that charity. You know the Raptor Center very well. Mm-hmm. If you want to give a little spiel. So um, Jim Warren, who was, I'm going to get a little sad for a second. Is Jim Warren, um, he was the executive director there for like 15 years. He um, recently retired and then because he was diagnosed with cancer. And he, I brewed the beer specifically for what? His palate, what he because he really enjoys very citrus forward IPAs, so I made that beer for him, and he passed away the day the beer was released. Oh no! Yeah, that was that did not see that one coming. Yeah, that was that was pretty gut wrenching. But now his legacy is living on this beer. The money, part of the proceeds, are going back to donate to the Raptor Center, which he loves. He he would like stop his car and pick up roadkill to take to those birds. Like and he would put roadkill in his personal vehicle to feed those birds. That's how dedicated he was to his job. So to be able to keep giving back to them and honoring him is is that's a gift, you know, yeah. it's precious. Yeah. So when my kids were little we had season passes. It was cool. Um so yeah, that's what we're drinking today. And um we're gonna start our episode now. So when I you guys, Amanda already kind of gave, gave, gave a hint of what we're yeah. talking about. But when, I, when we say Southern rock, what, what comes to mind to you guys? The Almond Brothers, Leonard Skinner, things like that. Freebird! Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Daniel bands. Do I yeah. need to point to the sign on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we all have this preconceived notion of what Southern rock is. Um, I'm going to 
admit right off the bat that while I'm very familiar with it and mm-hmm. I know a lot of the music, it's not something that I listen with any regularity, nor do I have vast knowledge about the genre in general. I know like the top mainstream stuff and that's about it. Yeah. I listen to more country and just traditional Americana and stuff than I'd listen Southern rock really. Right. Um, but uh, you know, Musically speaking, I think it's, it's, it's a great concept. I mean, you combine rock and roll, country, and blues, and, you know, they're also known for declaring their force regional pride in the South, which, I mean, no real other area in the country does as passionately as the South. I mean, the South right. is almost like a, like a, 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 a entity, an identity unto its own, and this music definitely represents it. Um, I did Because I did a little, a little background reading on this. It is speculated that the term Southern rock was coined in 72 by this underground magazine, I think in... Uh, Atlanta, I want to say, maybe. Maybe somewhere down in the south. Uh, but it was called The Great Speckled Bird. I never heard of it. Uh, in a review of the Almond Brothers Band uh, concert. So that's sort of where the, 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 the term was coined. There's a lot going on over here. Glad <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all can't see what's happening on the other side of the camera over here. You will someday. Patreon, that's top tier Patreon material. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say too. Um, so Southern rock in one way or another has existed way before the term was even coined. Um, but it was actually Capricorn Records uh, in the 70s that that sort of Southerness itself was celebrated as a rock and roll genre, right? That's kind of when it really started. The f- first band that was recognized uh, through this term, like I said earlier, was the Almond Brothers band when they signed up to Capricorn Records. Uh, but then the label saw success in that genre, right? So they're like, oh, yeah. hey, these guys obviously are going to make it. Uh, so they started signing other bands like the Marshall Tucker Band, the um, Elvin Bishop Group, etc. cetera. Um, but it wasn't bands until bands like Leonard Skinner, like you were mentioning earlier, yeah. uh, Charlie Daniels Band and Wed Willie that really gave it more of a, like the identity we know today for Southern right. Rock, right? Like Alabama and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um which is probably the stuff that I'm more familiar with yeah. uh, when it comes to Southern rock. Uh, but that's just a, a brief, a brief little background on it. Um, what we're going to talk about today is actually the other Southern rock, because by the eighties, the term Southern rock in that specific genre or that, that specific sound started slowing down enough that the record label started to look for new sounds at that point. Right. Um, and around that time, alternative acts that were from the South started popping up. Uh, and the industry at that point tried to label them like the new Southern rock, but that term didn't stick around at all because the groups just lacked any real audible regionalism. Like they, they were from the South, but they weren't like out there, you know, waving Confederate flags and screaming free bird or anything like that. Right? <laughs> uh, they, they were not into that. So we're going to talk about, um, like I said, the other, the other Southern rock, each one of us is going to pick a couple of bands that we think fit that sort of, mm-hmm. um, that description pretty well. And we're going to talk a little bit about them and sort of, um, their background and then play a song. Yeah. Bands you didn't necessarily know were from the South. From the South. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's, that's, very well. And then uh, you're starting, right? Yeah. Um, so the first band I chose is Drive-By Truckers. Um, so they, the the founding members are Patterson, Patterson Hood and Mike Cooley, and they started out in um, Alabama, like Muscle Shoals. Um, Patterson Hood's dad was actually a session musician, musician <laughs> with the um, Muscle Shoals sound and rhythm section. So they were doing a lot of stuff like Stevie Wonder and all these greats. So he was raised on soul records. Ooh. So and they were really into a lot of punk and like they're, some of their influences that they cite are the Clash, Richard Hell, Jim Carroll Band. 
Grand Grandmaster Flash, Loretta Lynn. So they were kind of like they're like us, you know, like they're all over <laughs> yeah. the place with their musical taste. So the name Drive By Truckers kind of came as a drunken joke when they were in the studio, kind of like us. Um, but it was kind of a play on their love for gangster rap and country music. So drive by and oh, trucker. Okay. And Patterson Hood has kind of debated on whether to change that name that you know, now it might be considered offensive. You know, like Dixie Chicks are now the chicks and Lady Annabellum is now Lady A. So, so he was like, maybe we should kind of, or yeah, or DBT or, <laughs> or the whatever. Truckers. Yeah, the truckers. Yeah. So, yeah. So one True. of the, so I chose the song Ever South um, because it is a song about Irish immigrant families coming in through Ellis Island and migrating down into the southern part of the United States. And I've, it, the thing about drive-by truckers, they kind of would make, they really sound like a Southern rock band, but they don't have the stereotypical politics that people associate with Southern people. Right. And you can certainly hear that punk influence in them too. The drums, the drums Mm -hmm. themselves, nothing to do with Southern rock. Right. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's more of a, almost a a hip hop uh, beat on the back. Absolutely. Yes. It's almost like a G Love and Special Sauce type of. Oh yeah! Oh my god! I didn't yeah. think about yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely. So you know, this song goes on to talk about like working so hard to build yourself up in the United States um, as immigrants and as farmers whenever you weren't really a welcome here, because um, the Irish and Scottish were really discriminated against, especially in New York. They were considered mutts, and they were like living in slums and. There would be signs up that said, no, they, no Irish. Don't apply for a job if you're Irish. So there was like a real struggle for these people. And now their descendants are kind of the people that are saying, build a wall. Yeah. Which is. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Gangs of New York? Yes. Like that illustrates exactly what you're talking about in the living conditions of the primarily the Irish lived in that in that era. Exactly. Era, yeah. Well, and he also talks a bit about trying to move out of the South and no matter where he goes, the accent follows him. And everybody considers him to be dumb. And there was a there's a thing floating around Facebook for a while. I'm sure I'll saw it. It was like, okay, what what accent do you put on whenever you want to sound like a dumb person? And there's like, if your answer is Southern, you need to reevaluate. It's something along those lines. It's like everybody wants to go, well, y'all, I'm going catfishing down by the pond. And I'm going to bang my sister. It's like. That stereotype that's associated with the Southern accent exists. And we're not all dumb. We're not all, like, banging our relatives. No. Even in, even if in Gastonia they say lingerie instead of lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Oh, boy. I like this quite a bit. I've, yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I think I saw them live once a long time ago. Oh, well, they're Charlotte. coming to the neighborhood theater yeah. in August. I, do you remember a place called The Room? Over, yes. I think I saw them there. That's, that's yeah. possible. It was for an Amps 11 party. It was a local music oh, magazine yeah. a long time ago, yeah. I forgot about Amps 11. Yeah. I I wrote for them once. Wow. I think, you know, I think I was, I was there, too. There was, like, the top floor venue. No, the there room was bouncers was, and up. The, okay, no, right. the room is now a Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Still have the same artist. Yeah, they had a lot of rotating musicians in this band. Probably the most notable member um, that had the most commercial success outside of Drive By Truckers, Jason Isbell. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. He he joined the band later on. He was like like in his early 20s. And at that time, the rest of the band, they were all in their mid-30s. So it was kind of, kind of, he went on a damn world spiral with that. And I didn't realize they've been around since the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. I thought they were more recent. Well, they had a band before that, too, called Adam Tauscat. And I think I vaguely remember them playing around Charlotte, like around 1313 Club and mm. that kind of thing. But if you listen to Adam's House Cat, you, it sounds like a predecessor. It's, the sound is definitely almost exactly the same, but just not as fleshed out. Mm. I like this a lot. Very chill. But if I did have to gander, I know the the, the, the choice for this was because of their idealists uh, or their views. Um, but I would say, yeah, this is a southern band, right? Like they oh, definitely sound oh, southern. They just very southern. But it's fusion because you have a lot of elements in there that are not in traditional southern rock well and they never shied away from politics that's that's been their stance since day one and they wrote a they wrote a a really great song called what it means in response to trayvon martin murder which is fantastic you don't you don't see that in a lot of country songs right Something interesting that I read about the um, the Southern accent, it was in Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talked a lot about the dialect of Southern people and the attitude of this is my land because we're Scottish and Irish immigrants, and whenever we were having to fight the British from taking all of our stuff, it be, kind of that attitude got instilled in our genetic makeup. Right. And a lot of those... those, those the southern slang comes from the scotch and irish accents like y'all is based on a scottish word so that's kind of interesting uh, another cool thing about southern accent and i don't know if this is the same way in other parts of the country um but here at least in this general metro area you can tell a charlotte accent from a rock hill accent from a four mill accent and these cities are all within 20 miles of each other right. but they all have very unique accents uh, especially the Rock Hill accent, I think it's super. Oh, that's pretty distinct. Yeah, super I can unique. tell when somebody when somebody comes in to pilot and they're like, "I'm like, they're from Rock Hill." Yeah, or they're yeah. from Columbia. Or they're like, I I can I know because yeah. I've been here my whole life, so it's it's very easy for yeah. me to pick up on those different dialects. Well, yeah, I'm definitely loving this. So I'm gonna check out more of the Drive By Truckers. Truckers again, not something that I typically would listen on my own, but now and that's what I love about the podcast, right? Like like yeah. stuff that you guys have presented to me and i'm like oh yeah i'm definitely picking that up i've, mm-hmm. I've been sleeping on it right sort yeah. of situation all right eric your turn so uh we're gonna go a tad bit more poppy with this one um the first band i chose was uh better than ezra what? uh 90s grungish band um they post, had, post grunge yeah right yeah mm-hmm. um they originally formed in 1988 uh, by the uh, lead singer Kevin Griffin and uh, Joel Rundle. Um, they were all attending the University of 
Louisiana, oh. uh, and they all formed a band. Um, they uh, their first gig was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They had since uh, uh, moved over to um, New Orleans. Okay, but um, they started in in um, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, yeah. Uh, they they do they actually do a lot for the um, homeless kids in uh, New Orleans. Okay. Like when they f- they filmed the uh, video, uh, I forget which video it was but they actually went through and they got all these kids um and they paid them money to be in their oh cool video. that's awesome yeah so uh, kind of like runaway train i was i was getting ready to say that <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, they found a bunch of missing <clears throat> kids because of that yeah. video yeah. <laughs> probably uh i think they call them like river rats or something like that down there or something oh. no, i'm sorry uh river punks okay yeah 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 because yeah, the yeah. river ride is more yeah. of a south carolina yeah, thing. A, yeah that's a brewery in Columbia. But those people who are in the... Yeah, no, yeah. but they come from... <laughs> yes, it is a brewery, too. We're such alcoholics. In South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. In Columbia. Columbia. The most boring city. Yeah, Sorry. It's better than Rock it, Hill. I don't know. Yeah. That's a bold statement. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the, the song I chose from them is probably one of their most popular ones. Uh, yeah, that was interesting because I, I know the name. Yeah. I, I absolutely know the name. But I, we had to play, and I think you're in the same boat, Amanda, right? I, mean, I had to play the song for me to, and I recognized yeah. it the second it played, but I was like, oh, I did not know that was them. Yeah, yeah, I remembered it. I just didn't really pay that much attention to them because, like we were saying before we started recording, this was kind of that post-grunge stuff, and yeah. it's like when like alternative radio just started like, like pumping the same songs over and over right. and over again. So it wasn't something that was really on my radar, so I was like, oh, this song again? But now when I listen to it, with fresh ears more recently that I'm like, you know what? This is a good song. You know, and it it didn't come from that Seattle or California sound. Like these guys kind of, and these guys were doing this before, I mean, 1988. Well, they they probably got signed because they sounded like the bands that everybody was trying to cash in on, even though they were doing it earlier. Yeah. If you listen to the baseline at the beginning and kind of the intro, Mm -hmm. uh, that you could, it's almost a closing time. You notice that it sounds just like closing time, which I despise that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I used to put that on uh, in the restaurant when I was trying to run people out yeah, and they were sitting around the like out, half yeah. an hour after we're closed. That's why we hate that song. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine that? Uh, like, get out, I want to go home. You know, I saw I saw them at uh Tremont and they closed out their set with that song, but they turned on all the house lights when they played it, so. <laughs> they were doing the staff a yeah. solid. Yeah. <laughs> I also saw better than better than Ezra when I first moved down here, maybe ninety seven, and it was funny because the Aqua the Aqua Lads opened for him. That's a weird combo. Yes, it was. A, it was one of those one hundred six five concerts. Mm. Um, oh, like the weenie roast or whatever it was called. It was. It, it was the side stage next to the big stage at. Uh, uh, at the time, I forget what it was called, Blockbuster Pavilion back oh, then. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I still yeah. call it that. Yeah. But you know what? That's really awesome that whoever put that together, I don't know if it's the band's choice or promoters, mm-hmm. whatever, that they were using local bands to, to put on, to open for a big band right. like that, as opposed to having somebody else from the record label they were on tour with them. And it, I think that was my first introduction to like, Charlotte bands 
was that show and seeing all. I mean, it was them and a, a few other local guys that opened for better than Ezra on that show. But yeah, it's a fun day. Anyway, I think that's all I got on uh, better than than Ezra. They, I think they put out a few more singles off this album, which didn't do as well. Um, but this has always been one of my favorite. See, I want to go. I want to go listen to some of their other albums other than this one because this was right. like the one that was like the big deal. This was a huge hit with this song. Yes, I kind of I want to see what they did before and after. Well, and make a better they, assessment. They still make albums. I mean, I don't know. So surprisingly, a lot of the bands that we talk about, not just this episode, but but in general, that I think are no longer around, they're still around. Yeah. They're still touring. They're still releasing stuff. And I just, I had no clue, uh, including the one I'm going to talk about here yeah. shortly. Well, it's funny because, you know, unless you have like Sirius XM or you, you know, hit shuffle on Spotify, you won't hear that stuff. I mean, rock radio, like for instance, 106.5 doesn't play anything but like old 90s grunge hits now. Mm. And it's like, Come on, man. Well, There's so much better stuff out there. Well, the there. other that, thing, too, still- is obviously they have to cater to a new demographic. So I subscribe to, like, Kerrang! and a bunch of the online music okay, magazines. Yeah. And, like, every Monday they'll have, like, a new release, yeah. um, write, like, uh, a newsletter or whatever. they. Re- so I check them all out. But it's always people I've never heard of and super mm-hmm. young people. So for bands like these to continue, they're certainly not catering to my children who are 18, 19, 20 right. because they couldn't care less, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's certainly, even though they were mainstream at what point, I'm assuming that that's why they don't get that much airplay right. because I it's mean, just, you know, they're, they're isn't catering to 50-year-olds at this point. I'm sure people that are from Baton Rouge area or New Orleans still listen to them just because they're Probably. local guys. Like Hometown. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so my turn. Yeah. So I recently went for the first time ever to Athens, Georgia, and I was blown away by that city. I freaking loved it. Uh, and I plan to go back. Um, Hannah loved it too. And we want to go and spend some time there. Um, and ironically, the idea that eventually morphed into this episode came from that visit uh, to Athens and more specifically from my visit to Wookstree Records in Athens. And Wookstree is uh, famous for playing a huge role in the Athens music scene, which is a very weird, eclectic music scene. Um, it's also um, notable for a lot of musicians that eventually became household names uh, to actually have worked there, including uh, Peter Buck of REM. Uh, and that's where actually he met uh, Stipe, Michael Stipe. Uh, but more relevant to my first pick is going to be uh, Kate Pearson of the B-52. She actually worked in this record store as well. Uh, when I went, I went and bought uh, Radio Free Europe um, uh, 45. Uh, it was every issue, but it was. You know, it was, that's it was one cool. of my favorite REM songs. Oh, yeah, so, me yeah. too. I was like, it's like I felt weird, like oh, I'm gonna go in here and buy an REM album, so I ended up buying like two more things. Just because, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to like, be that guy. I don't want to be that guy who shows up to see, like you know, show up in an REM, REM to an REM but... show. Yeah, um, but I did buy it. And it was great. Sounds you amazing. can get away with that at a Maiden show. I think Maiden is the only band that you can get away with being that Itali- guy. Metallica. Oh yeah, yeah, Metallica. yeah. Tool, because that's what you are. Oh. <laughs> um. Lost my train of thought. Okay. So, yeah, I think about all the artists that we're going to discuss today. I think the B-52s are probably the farthest from the traditional Southern rock sound. Um, I think their fashion style is as unique as their sound. And I think 
the first time I heard the B-52s was obviously Love Shack. I mean, way back in the day. Oh, yeah. But what grabbed me the most was the way they looked. Because I saw pictures of my mom with the same hairstyles and the same clothes way back in the 60s. So I was like, oh, well, that's weird. Um, I read somewhere that it's been referred to as thrift shop aesthetic. Um, and if you look at the photos, you kind of see why you would say that, right? Um, especially very early on in the first decade or so, um, the term makes perfect sense. A mixture of like retro 50s and 60s fashion with some uh, psych rock, some trash culture, etc. Um, but one of the most unique aesthetics for that, that again, made a, a, a an impact for me with them was that the beehive uh, hairdos that they wore way back in the day, uh, which is where the name comes from. Um, the the beehive um, um, style uh, resembles the uh, cone of a B-52 aircraft, which, again, that's where, okay. their, where their name comes from. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, their sounds always seem to straddle the line for me between, like, new wave and punk and never actually settled on either one of them. So I thought that was... You know, to me, that that impact, because I listened to that music heavily, um, I think the biggest difference for them is they relied heavily on like their keyboards and their guitar, but primarily on their keyboards. Um, songs are typically super danceable, especially with uh, Fred Schneider's like almost like spoken word approach. Um, and then you mix that with Kate Pearson's and Cindy Wilson's very melodic voices. It's It's a weird it's unique like no other band sounds like yeah, that, you can't pigeonhole them into right. any any genre of music they just they, they they're just, just w52s yeah. yeah they did what they would nobody could nobody's ever sounded like them and before or after yeah. uh and then just you know some um, more vital stats it's uh, they started in 78 in athens um georgia have been going strong since then releasing seven studio albums several compilations some live albums bunch of videos etc um the coolest thing is that they're currently touring uh but unfortunately the closest they're coming to charlotte is atlanta so. and it's, they're saying this is their final yeah they're so we might too. maybe road, road trip. trip yeah so I know well, the natural, the, 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 I think the natural choice would have been Love Shack because that's their biggest hit. My favorite is Rock Lobster. Yeah. I don't know why, but this song's always got like a ugh, Halloween vibe to it too. Yeah, it, yes. yeah, I agree with you. So my, my friend Carrie and I, we went to see them at um, the Carowinds Palladium. And I think it was 89. And it was on the Cosmic Thing Tour. It might have been 90. So we handmade t-shirts that um, mine had a, a, a B and a dash and hers had a 52s. Oh, that's cool. So we stood next to yeah. each other. It's so stupid. No, that, that's cool. <laughs> I wish I still had that. So we like Bless got, your heart. That's so cute. Jeez, oh, Pete. So next episode, we each have to wear a shirt. One's with a B, one with a five, one with a two. There you there go. We go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my hair in a beehive style too. I think I might have better luck with that than you. I'm already almost there. Yeah, that's true. Too. And I got the right color. I also thought Kate Pearson was fucking gorgeous. Like I she had still is. Big, well, yeah, she She's still is. Stunning. Biggest crush on her. It's like a pig, pig, Bundy kind of look. Trying to. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Which uh, I, I always thought Peg Bundy was kind of hot. So she is incredibly attractive. Yeah. And yeah. I was uh, thinking about doing a Peg Bundy costume for Halloween one year. Because I've already I own everything leopard print, and yeah. I already have the hair for it. It'd just be too easy. Oh no, our engineer just quit. <laughs> You're fired. No, actually, he's out of beer. I need beer. Um. And yeah, out, out of the two, um, 
I think Kate has the more unique voice. I think she carries that 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 melody a lot more uh, than Cindy. Uh, I mean, I might be biased because I'm attracted to her, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. I still think she has a better voice. So, see, that's her. I have two fun trivia facts about the B fifty twos. There we go. They they're it's from Love Shack, not Rock Lobster. But in the Love Shack video, you can see a very young RuPaul as a really? backup dancer, as like a party dancer. I didn't know that. And this gorgeous Afro wig. And it's before they got like super famous. And also that era of B-52s, Sarah Lee was playing bass for them. Sarah Lee of, um, who played with Gang of Four and Aya DeFranco. Wow. I did not know either one of those things. That's super cool. And that's why we have a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Right. The combined knowledge between the three of us. Yeah. And I just have this brain that remembers useless trivia. That's Yeah. That is called a cliff. One time I lost all my that notes is. for an episode on season one. I had to do Thank the you, whole sir. thing from just memory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I pretended very well that I knew what I was talking about. I love this song so much. I think the rest of the day I'm just going to listen to the B-52s. I'm not going to lie. When I go home tonight, I'm probably just going to dance around my house to be 52s yeah. for the rest of the evening. It's uh, such contagious music. It's such happy sounding, danceable. Uh, it's full of shiny, happy people. Well, actually, they don't like that song anymore. That song is about the Chinese propaganda. And, and, and after the Tiananmen Square. Once again, that's yes. why we have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I know a bunch of crap. It's just. Is, that's not useless knowledge. That's that's good knowledge. No, still that relevant. is Cliff Clavin talent. And cheers. Yes. That's the sweetest <laughs> thing you've ever said to me. We all have it though. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 daughters or like even Hannah when we're riding around that some of them just don't even let me pick music anymore. They're like you're gonna listen to some shit nobody's ever heard of and nobody ever will. So you're not you don't get to pick music anymore. No, this is called an education, guys. I, yeah. I'm just glad you picked a seven minute song so I could go get another beer. <laughs> this is one of the when the DJ needs to pee songs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like this and this corrosion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen them live. Me either. So maybe I do need to like bite the bullet and we need to go to Atlanta in November. I've seen him three down, times. Dude. Damn. Yeah. Fuck. All right. You're down? Let's do it. Yeah. That, yeah. that will be, be. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I can make that one. You can spend money on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I spend way too much money on couches, but. Yeah, me too. But I call it my Joe Strummer rule. Like, I don't miss out on shit anymore. Fuck it. Uh. Everybody's got their thing. Like some people spend money on expensive cars or clothing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. We spend money on music, music and vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I stopped in a in record shop in Asheville and I picked up some pretty sweet stuff. I saw so. your picture. Oh, yeah. voltage? Yeah. 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 We should go to uh, the Breakfast Club and request a song and just dance all night. 
Just play you know, on a fucking they're not, loop. They're not there. I used to be, no. Well, they're called uh, Roxbury now. Roxbury yeah, now, yeah. yeah. And they're due like 90s, 80s, and 90s. I used to be a regular there. Like, that dude knew me when I walked in the door. Yeah. When I used to own an independent film company about 12 years ago, uh, Jody, who was the owner, premiered our first movie there. Oh, really? At the Breakfast Club, yeah. The Roxbury. It's now called Brooklyn. Um, it's a nightclub, but it's called Brooklyn now. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I think it's sad. primarily like R&B and hip-hop and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess I didn't remember how long this song was. <laughs> All right, well, we can move on. Yeah. People get an idea. So who's next? What's the... Amanda. Oh. Amanda. Yeah. Oh. Did you say you're going to take a short nap? <laughs> I, said, I said there's only 30 seconds left now. Oh, oh well. Y'all can so go my next band, I'm talking about um, REM. Oh. So I don't really feel like I need to give them a ton of introduction because everybody knows who REM is. I mean, right? I don't, I don't understand the people who don't like REM. I, I don't, what's not to like? I, I mean, even if you don't think they're amazing, they're not like polarizing. No. And their music is great. I mean, it's it's very technical. Their Andy Kaufman song is one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah. Time. So yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but so they, I mean, everybody knows they're, they're from Athens, Georgia. They formed in 80. Uh, I think like Radio Free Europe, which you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. It was their first single. came mm-hmm. out in 81. They were kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, they all lived in some church together. Yes. Uh, I can't remember. It's Saint is an Episcopal church, but I can't remember the Saint Anne's maybe. But they, so they had a lot of. They were pretty much the kings of college rock in the eighties. Like that was like, I thought they were so awesome because all the cool older kids were listening to REM. So I'm like, oh, I want to be cool like that. that. Was the I'm first like radio rock, like like indie rock college radio band yeah. that, I, that I heard the term referred to that was to to talk about them. Yeah. yeah, they, I think they were my introduction to what we thought of at the time was alternative. Yeah, it was like, because they R. had M. Fables of the Reconstruction, <clears throat> Murmur, uh, mm-hmm. Dead Letter Office, <sighs> all those records. And then they came out with Green, which was considered by a lot of the old heads to be their sellout record because they had... Um, the one I love was a hit single off that. That is one of my favorite songs from them. It's a it's a great record, and and I I kind of understand why when people get upset whenever the band that they felt was close to their heart and they loved and cherished so much starts belonging to other people. It, it is kind of heartbreaking, but I don't feel that it's 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 the right path to go to like pass judgment on a band as long as they're sticking yeah. true to their original roots and, and still creating good music that sounds like what they started from. But let's be honest, uh, just because you're a musician doesn't mean that that's not your career. It's like saying, right. Hey, I'm going to start as a dishwasher and I'm never moving up because then I'm just right. betraying my roots. I'll be selling out if I become manager. Right. You know what though? I'll be honest. I'm guilty of that. And my wife calls me out a lot. She's like, you know what? You used to love this band and now they're huge and everyone likes them and you don't, like him anymore she goes nothing changed you just now that your buddy down the block has heard of him and he's jamming out to him you don't like him anymore well, like, I, I, i'm I, guilty of that shit yeah, all the time oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. absolutely i'm calling myself out on that too yeah yeah, yeah. But, but there are bands that once they have gotten they've achieved stardom that their sound has changed 
And I'm going to call out Red Hot Chili Peppers on this because yeah. when they first started, they were raw. And now it's like power ballads like and funk like, metal. Yeah. They yes. were so, their first few albums, all the way up to like Mother's, Mother's Milk. Milk. Yeah. So great. I did enjoy well, some of Blood Sugar Sex Match. No, that was a good record too. But that was like, you know, when they were starting to tip right. over the edge right. into like the pop radio stuff. But once you get money, you can afford the instruments. You can afford the producers. You can afford the studios. Right. Yeah. You know, so your sound. Not, you can it's also gonna become more not polished. shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 not a diss on, on any other, you know, the small local clubs, but you go from the milestone to like the underground to the PNC to that means more mm -hmm. money because again, this is your career, right? This is what you, this is what you live on. Right. Right. So if a musician says, I don't want to be successful and I just want to be out, then that's fine. But I don't think most of these bands go into it with that intention. Right. Right. So. So after Green <clears throat> came um, out of time and they released the Drive. huge, huge, huge single, um, Losing My Religion. And that's the song I, I chose. Was and it, again, doesn't really need an introduction. Everybody knows this song. Wasn't Drive in that album too, or that different? Yes, that was on. I think that was automatic. Automatic, for the but I might be remembering that wrong. This when we were many in, years ago. <laughs> when we were in in Athens, we went to Creature Comfort, which is the best brewery in Athens. Yeah, and we kept buying. We fell in love with this beer beer called Automatic uh, by Creature Comfort. We're like, oh great! And then at some point, Hannah goes like, looks at the can, is like, oh look. And it said for the people underneath it, but that wasn't part of anything. You actually have to look for for the part that says automatic or that says for the people. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Isn't that the beer that Aquaman is drinking? In no, not Aquaman. Uh, Thor <laughs> is drinking in uh, Avengers movie. Who is Thor? Thor. I don't never seen any of those movies. Oh man, is I don't he, think I know what he's drinking. Yeah, it's got creature cover beer. I think it's that one. Yes, it busy is. Busy looking at other you know, things. I, Notice that too. I think you're the only other person that I know that noticed that in the movie. And so this song, so losing my religion, this, this, so the reason I picked it was because this is an old Southern expression and it, it's yes. not about sacrilege. It's about like, I'm at the end of my rope. You're going to make me take my earrings off because I am done with this. Like, but the song didn't come out from that angle. It's actually about unrequited love and him like trying to purvey to this person, like, like here I am. I'm trying to show you how in love with you I am, and you're not paying any attention to me. You don't even notice, and I'm at the end of my rope, and I don't know what to do, and I'm in so much pain. But whenever the when they went to record the video, Michael Stipe wanted to do it very stripped down with just him, like in this confessional, like to this person, like here, here it all is kind of. And I think it was described as he wanted to do it like this close up black and white, kind of like the nothing compares to you video, Shane O'Connor. Um, I, whomever talked him out of that and made the video that they actually made kudos to that person. Well, mm -hmm. The, it was the director himself and the, um, the record label wanted something that was going to be a little bit more, visually attractive cinematic yeah. yeah so they use a lot of the religious you'll see a lot of christian imagery a lot of like greek and roman and a lot of hindu symbolism because i think the director was hindu oh now i don't know if you know this or not but did, how did he feel afterwards did he say anything about that i i didn't hear if he ever like, was like i don't like this right. maybe the end result was like yeah this is a beautiful yeah. piece of art because it is a 
the the color like the yeah. muted colors and all the gold and just i think that part of the reason why the, i mean the song is amazing and it's obviously very relatable as far as you know musically the hook and everything but i don't think that if it that or i think that the imagery of the video had a lot to do with the success of it well, and I feel the desperation and the yearning and the need still comes through in the visual of this. Yes. And the probably can, even more so. The way he contorts, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot yeah. about the way he's contorting in that video. And you can see, like, his face looks hollow and just, like, like he hasn't slept. He's not eating. Like, it's almost stalkerish. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, after this, they came out with a couple more albums that were very successful. Monster, um, and they did this weird like electronic kind of thing. That's when things started to go south, and they disbanded. I think in 2012, they're not a band. That's when they decided they weren't going to be a band anymore. Um, but I think Monster was a great record too. I love Monster. And all this was happening in the height of grunge. So this was like peaking whenever mm-hmm. Soundgarden and Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all these more heavier bands were really like dominating airwaves and they were, and this whenever REM and they, they had like, like six VMAs, I think two Grammys for this. They were really, I mean, it was a huge hit. I have a, a book in my living room. That's all like 500 pages of REM photographs that are all. Oh, really? oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I got it at a thrift store. You're going to have to bring that and okay. show. Um, so Michael Stipe just got a honorary honorary doctorate from Mercer University. This is hometown Zim Macon. Um and for no, sorry, Mercer. Uh, Mer- yeah, Macon Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, um, uh, for humanities. Say it again. <laughs> Mephiscopheles. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing too. <laughs> I was literally going to say that. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I still can't say it right, so thanks. Uh, that's what you guys love about me, my quit wit. Quick, quick. Yeah. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> All right, I'm what? done. I'm done. Somebody else go. Right. <laughs> I just need to stop. Okay. All right. Um, the uh, next band I chose was um, Alabama Shakes. Yes. Um, man, I when I first heard that first single from these guys, and it was on Sirius XM Alt Nation back when they were still playing some pretty cool stuff. Now it's all poppy shit on the, on that channel. But um, <clears throat> um, fell in love with that first hit. Uh, hold on. Um, shortly after that, I went to. And this is like when that when they first was getting big. I went to Bonnaroo and they headlined Thursday night, like opening night. Um, they brought out like a marching band. And once their set was over, they marched around Bonnaroo through the campgrounds, through everything else with that marching band. It's just jamming out for like an hour. They just kept on going. And people are like, wow, this is, you know, I kept following them around. Um, uh, uh, great band. Um, uh, They've been around for a while, though. So they formed in 2009 in uh, Athens, Alabama. Uh, Lots of Athens. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is a third band from Athens, just not the same state. Yeah. 
but drive-by truckers were from originally from Alabama. Yeah. Look at how we brought full circle. Wow. <laughs> I, I would um, say before you go on, if this were a follow-up song by the drive-by drive-by truckers that we heard, that makes sense. Like this musically is very similar to drive-by truckers. Right. I guess this is Alabama roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That muscle shoals stuff. Uh, lead singer, which I'm kind of in love with. She's a boxing lady. Brittany uh, Howard. Brittany Howard, yes. I love her solo stuff, too. She did, um, uh, what's that track? I just want to get high with you. Awesome song. Awesome song. Um, so they've been around. You know, th- this album sold 1.5 million copies. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's insane for a band. Like it, that. It, it's funny you said that about Brittany Howard because I went to see Alabama Shakes when they were at um, Charlotte Metro Credit Union. Mm-hmm. My dear friend Pam and I went, and Pam was like so in love with Brittany Howard. It's just her <laughs> voice and her de- demeanor, man. She's just—I oh, would love. And- I would love to just go sit in a bar and have a beer with her. We bought, we sprung for the good seats and got like down in the pit, and yeah. the whole time we're down there, Pam's like. Grab my arm, going oh, oh, she's like, like, we should have her on the podcast. (laughs) All right, Pam Simmons, you hear that? You better be listening. This album, I don't know if you're listening to the podcast or not, because you just got called out. Uh, This song was nominated for three Grammys. Uh, I don't think they actually won though, but uh... but didn't they win Grammys for the next album? Or am I making that up? We literally have God Google at our fingertips. <laughs> I don't. I, I, if they were to win a Grammy, I would have thought it would have been for this song, not. Don't want to fight. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, that was another great track for them. Yeah, that's the Grammy winner. Yeah. It wasn't? Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a great song. Yes. What was the Grammy? It's for a single or best, uh, best uh, okay. Oh, best alternative music album. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for their second album, Sound and Color. Yeah, that's so a Best rock record. song and best rock performance for Don't Want to Fight. Wow, okay, yeah. She's a huge Prince fan, too. Oh, you know what? You can see, you can hear that influence. You know voice. what, though? I've been noticing a lot of Purple Rain shirts around town, like a lot of. Because he died recently. I know, but I mean, like I, 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 I was going to say, it's not that recent still, now. Recently. No, but I've seen a lot of kids wearing. Purple Rain song right. uh, shirts because it's like the new Nirvana because oh, yeah, they sell right. it at Target. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the new Nirvana <laughs> shirt. Yeah, nine ninety nine for a print shirt. Yeah, or at the little Hot Topics. I yeah. saw uh, a weird. I don't know if I mentioned this in another episode. I might have because I think it's hilarious. But I uh, there was a, a a clip online of a mom who made her daughter a Nirvana shirt, but instead of putting that picture on Nirvana, she put a picture Hansen. of Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many memes I've seen that. Oh on. yeah, I'm gonna tell my kids this is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell my kids this is like Nirvana. The Spice Girls or something. Yeah. Or I've seen the meme oh. with the Hansons on and name three songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Bob. Bob. <laughs> I saw one with Simon and Garfunkel today, but it wasn't obviously Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. I remember who it was, and it was fucking hilarious. Ben and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would no, be good. It wasn't Ben and Jerry, but it was something like that. Anyway, all right. Is it my turn? Yeah. Oh God. Okay. You hear they're playing "Save Ferris" in the bar? I was just going to say that. <laughs> yes. I know the one song. 
that they covered Kamran Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and what's that's, playing. That's literally Actually, all I know from them. But she was gorgeous. I had uh, that record. She's got you? a better voice than Gwen Stefani all I day long. Yes. Met her. She was a total ditz, but it was fun, though. She looks like a ditz, yeah. yeah. But then... <laughs> Hopefully, Steve Ferris never listens to this episode. <laughs> Look, she was there to sing. Yeah. Jab him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. After we called her, I did. Yeah. Come on, improve yourself. Yeah. We're so we'll play Trivia Pursuit with the lead singer. Steve <laughs> <laughs> <Say> Ferris. <laughs> we'll, have, Our, we'll have her along with uh, Flavor Flav. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Amber Jean Nielsen. Yeah. Hey, we should have an episode of every artist we've insulted on the show. We should have them on at the same time. <laughs> All right. So, Gwen Stefani, when are you coming? <laughs> uh, Slipknot We've insulted Slipknot uh, uh, Flavor Flav Tool the gr- the gr- Tool yeah. all the time James Taylor Yes Oh yeah Oh and who was I'm waiting just now? Oh the I'm lead singer of St. Ferris wa- For my wife to hear that episode And say what the fuck <laughs> Um, all right. So the next band uh, Is from our uh, state capital Raleigh, North Carolina Formed in 1982, they actually, I, I think this is a fascinating thing. That's why part of the reason why I chose them is, uh, and Eric is wearing their t-shirt. Uh, he really, <laughs> on, on accident, actually. I'm sorry. But but I like the other one you have, the one with the Descendants yes. uh, with Milo's. Uh, so he has one that says uh, COC and uh, um, the Descendants, and the skull is a version of Milo from the Descendants. Oh, that's awesome. Because yeah. they used to tour together a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not covering any of that because we're doing you very know, compressed. When I want to go see him. You just did recently. I just pissed. You just covered it. Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Yay me. Anyways, when I went and saw them recently, I showed it to Pepper. He's kind of like, eh, whatever, man. He, he didn't Aww. care. Yeah. I was like, all right, man. I was hoping so, for a better reaction, sir. Uh, well, screw that guy. Now he has to come on the podcast. No, we are not going to diss Pepper. We are not going to diss Pepper. No, literally did. I just did it so he would come on the podcast. Uh, Damn, that'd be awesome. That'd be epic. Elvis Costello, you suck. I never want you to come on the podcast. I guess we got to reach out to him now too. Shucks, we need an intern to get yelled at for calling people we've insulted. Uh, yeah, so uh, corrosion of conformity or COC uh, is what we're talking about. In case you hadn't figured it out yet. Uh, again, they were forming Raleigh in 1982. They actually started out as a hardcore punk band. And that's actually what I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their, their earlier stuff. Um, originally, they were influenced by Black Fag, um, Bad, uh, Bad Brains, Minor Thread, etc. Right, like just a lot of the old school hardcore bands. Uh, but over time, they actually have very successfully transitioned their sound to a more like traditional heavy metal or what I typically consider like what's a, a sludge groove metal, very reminiscent of more modern bands like um, uh, Baroness and Black Tusk. Uh, not as heavy though, but I mean, definitely, I think Baroness and Black Tusk and similar bands took influence because they did it. COC did it in the early nineties. Yes. Um, so they definitely were doing that, that way before any of that stuff came around. Um, and then when they sort of made that transition, they, their influences became more noticeable in more of a like black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, et cetera. Right. In 80, in 1994, again, early nineties is, well, I guess mid nineties when they released deliverance, uh, deliverance was the album they pretty much cemented the change kind of like crossover for DRI. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that album. Oh, yeah. but, so that was like, that cemented their, their, their change or Wolverine blues for Entombed. This is the album that sort of cemented that official change from like a hardcore punk band to more of a sludge metal Southern band, which is why I'm not playing the more recent stuff because that's t- definitely sounds more yeah. Southern metal. Right. Um, 
So the big hit from Deliverance was Albatross, which we're not going to hear, but uh, it's a great song. You guys should definitely listen to it and find it. It'll probably be on the on and the uh, Clean yeah. My Wounds. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep. Um, and again, to me, this this is the record that sort of definitely uh, marked that change for them. Over the, I mean, they've been around for a long time. Over the years, they've gone through tremendous lineup changes. I mean, a lot of people have gone through this band. Uh, the only founding and, and, and constant member throughout this whole time is uh, Woody Weatherman. Uh, he's been there since day one, and he's and, never left. Yeah. Um, the other notable member, as you mentioned earlier, being Pepper Keenan, who originally joined in 89, then left for about eight years, uh, then returned to the band in 2014. It's been there since. Yeah. Like, that's, that's them. Um, the classic lineup for them is pretty widely accepted as being Woody, like I just mentioned, Mike Dean, Reed Mullen, and Pepper. Um, all of them, except for Pepper, are original founding members. Um, so that's kind of cool that they all sort of came back at one point. Uh, the band has been on hiatus, hiatus a couple of times, uh, first between 87 and 92, after some of the key members left the band and eventually found new members and reform. And that's when they released the, um, the album Blind. And Blind was almost a precursor to deliverance you already started seeing some of that sludge groove metal mm -hmm. sound and less of a hardcore punk sound in that album um <clears throat> the second hiatus for them came between 2006 and 2010 when pepper left to record with the other super group that he has this other project called down bell and selmo and jimmy bauer <laughs> and a bunch of other people so i mean you you're obviously again you're you're well aware of that um uh, but then um, Pepper did come back in 2004. They've since released two albums, uh, which is Nine. That was the name of the album in Roman numerals. And more importantly, No Cross, No Crown, which is the last one they released. Um, and then and the last sort of thing, a note there for them before we play the song, is that in 2020, the founding member and drummer Reed Mullen did die of alcohol-related health issues, which is pretty fucking sad. But they found an immediate replacement, this guy who has been a, I don't know his name, but it's a guy who had been a roadie with him forever. And yeah. they just sort of said, like, almost immediately. Said, Always learn the band songs. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sp watch Spinal Tap if you're a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, some, some of these techs, like drum techs, guitar techs, I mean, they're they're just as proficient as oh, artists out yeah. there. And they know the 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 equipment absolutely. way better than the musician yeah, who's to. never, yeah, done Absolutely. That. Yeah. I did see a couple of, you can start playing it. I did see a couple of uh, videos of uh, listening to uh, Woody talk about the equipment, the way, yeah. he, like, he's like, look, I don't care how much money I make. All his shit is like the most bare bone, cheapest equipment he can yeah. find pretty much. He's like, I don't like bells and whistles. He uses his crybaby very little. Like it's, it's, he's just a raw musician. Yeah, Woody's cool as hell too. Yeah. So I met him at this same time with Pepper. They were taking pictures with everybody. I'll tell you this. Listening to him talk, it was almost like listening to you talk. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the same thing. He's like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. oh, dude, I'm going to tell you this, man. He's, it was so funny. I was like, oh, that's Eric. He was cool. Yeah. This is making me just want to flip this table over. Yeah. I won't. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have very expensive things on this table. Mostly me. <laughs> Are you on the table? I will be soon. <laughs> Whoa. So follow us on Patreon for bonus footage. All right. That's our fans only page, guys. <laughs> yeah, so again, they don't sound like this at all anymore. Not even remotely. No, no. Like this is hardcore punk, obviously, and their yeah. new sound is a lot more 
Very groovy, sludge, metal-driven, heavy guitar sounds, loose strings. The bass and the the, the, the way they play it now, it's, it's, it's just super crunchy. I love the Stormbreaker album. That's... Yeah. And Pepper claims that's his best stuff that he's ever made. I, I don't know if it's the best stuff that I like personally, but, you know, that's... Uh, kick-ass album yeah so it's just a good example of a band that's evolved musically in a good way and they and they've recently re-released all their shit on vinyl but it's like 35 bucks a pop so Ugh, yeah that's rough um but yeah again corruption or conformity um i think i think you yeah. love them a lot more than i do but yeah. i absolutely love them the first time i ever heard from them was through mtv back in like the early 90s i think i think it's yeah. around the time blind came out uh, but obviously, I didn't become super familiar with them until Albatross, which was the one song that I right. absolutely sort of latched onto, right. um, which was amazing. Um, but that's all we had. I mean, well, there's a lot I'm, of other ones. I've got I, some honorable mentions. Yeah, I think Eric mentions. has some you honorable mentions. Yeah. I was just going to say, you, you, don't mind. you picked, Javier picks the longest song of the set. And then tries to cut off. And the shortest song. <laughs> so he gives a seven-minute song, and then he comes up with this one that's a minute and a half. I mean, he was just trying to like <laughs> balance it out. They, hey, it's different. It's the other Southern rock. Yeah. Right. So they're going to be vastly different. They are vastly different. I mean, how long is Freebird? Like 25 minutes? Yeah. Uh, 30. It's not as long as Inagata Vida. No. I don't know. The, 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 like the Doors um, LA Woman Session album yeah. that I bought, oh. side, side <laughs> one is literally 45 minutes of them tuning their fucking instruments. I was furious. Man, I was how much like, you pay for that thing? Why, should have bought why, why did Ramones you release this set. as a fucking album? It literally is 45 minutes of them tuning their instruments. This is like a money grab. It, that's exactly, no. There's Sucker. some really there, cool There's some hardcore fans that be like, oh, I love how dare this. you? Yeah. I love it. Now, there, were, there were four albums and, and the other three are really cool. But that first one, I was like, this is the meat of your release and it's shit. Yeah. So... Anyway, sorry. Anyways, Rant okay. over. a few honorable mentions. Uh, of course, we can't get to everybody today, but uh, a few bands out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Guar, which I'm going to go see next Sunday. I've been to the Guar bar. Oh, you were with well, me. I, I was with you. You yeah. were with me. Great yeah. place. Uh, and Avail, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Love Avail. Bands. Yes. Uh, Super Chunk. Right which down you the road. Did your, your, your pick Hill. on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cowboy Mouth out of uh, New Orleans. Uh, less than Jake. We normally wouldn't go to Florida because I really don't consider it the South. But Gainesville, Florida depends on what part of Florida you're right, in. Yeah, yeah. It's like three different states, right? Yeah. Uh, driving and crying. Yeah. From Atlanta. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned driving and crying because Peter Buck from REM is actually on tour with Kevin Kenny right now. Oh, really? Yeah, they're doing a kind of solo co-headlining huh. thing. I wish they'd come around. Mm-hmm. We'll have to look it up, see um, if they're going to be anywhere near here. I will always say yes, unless I'm dying or something. Uh, then even then. Collective oh. Soul from Atlanta. I think another one we had kind of talked about, too, was uh, Ben Folds. Yep. Yes. Um, also from Chapel Hill, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. So many good bands came out of that same time period that the Athens yes. scene was popping off, you know, like. With Southern culture on the skids. Um, I love them. Yeah. And, and they're, UGA. it is such a unique, it's almost like an Asheville. 
butt cooler, in my opinion. Yeah. I think Asheville's overrated. And uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers. Well, yeah. Austin is another great music town. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. also yeah. a college yeah. town. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with me doing a lot of the, of the, um, the playlist that we do, I find a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Polvo was another one. Mm-hmm. Big Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Cat Power, which I had no idea was from the South. No just shit. Came I, didn't know I didn't that know either. that. Yeah. Cat Power. Uh, like I said, Ben Folds. Um, oh, and so if y'all don't know, we usually post um, a playlist that's associated with each episode. Yes. And so this one, you know, we're going to have all the songs that we played during the episode. And we'll also, we're going to expand on that and have a lot yeah. more other bands that came out of the South. Yeah, it's typically curated and inspired by the topic. Yeah, so um, make sure you follow us on Spotify for the playlist, too. And we will put those yeah. up on Facebook and Instagram and all that. Yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't do? What? We did not talk about the shows we went to or the shows we're going to. Well, I just did. Oh, okay, you did. but <laughs> I'm going to Guar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, you go get another cider and pee or whatever. <laughs> You're dismissed. All right. Uh, so Javier, bless your heart. I, I'm actually trying to look at my calendar right now because I don't think I have anything coming. Ooh. Up. I'm also what? gonna go see Flag of Molly. Oh yeah, I with might, the interrupters. Go to that. The interrupters. Not, yeah. and Wait, man, I thought Army. you were done. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one definitely looks looks very appealing. It's on a Friday night too, so yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> looking at my calendar, I have nothing. See you there. Nothing. Oh, um, I don't, I don't think. Oh, so well, this past Friday, I did come out here to Tommy's for reflections. It's the the Goth Industrial Dance Night. That's always fun. Before that, I went up to um, Skylark or um, Industrial Park. Was, I guess that was my theme for the last week. Was taking it back to the pterodactyl days because Chris Ward, who's a, a a good ally to the podcast. He always he he was DJing out there with Christian Hoffley, who also was a DJ at um, Baja and um, um, Breakfast Club that mm. you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of came him out of retirement and did a set out there. And then probably the highlight of my week was a concert I didn't even go to. My sister took my little nephew Charlie, who's ten, to his first concert to see Paul McCartney. Oh, oh my. Yeah. yeah. It's just, she sent me little videos and, and his face. He's just like, you see, he's singing along to Hey Jude. If you listen to my bio episode, you know, like, how, what a big deal the Beatles were to my family. So, mm-hmm. and once again, I have managed to mention Elvis Costello and the Beatles in this episode. You, you did insult them that time, though. Just so he would come on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I actually did find something in my calendar, which was pretty hidden. Uh, I'm going to Charlotte Edge Fest, which both Hannah and I have agreed is the most unfortunate name ever for a festival. <laughs> whew, that's not what we thought originally. That's what it was. Uh, but there's more of a fet life sort of thing. Um, it's for just content. A, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a just a local uh, uh, arts and music festival. I mean, just, you know, like live painting, live music, food trucks. Uh, so I guess they're poetry. referring to being edgy. Poetry. Yeah, I guess. Yoga, local art vendors. It's very, like, probably liberal college type stuff. But it sounds fun. I don't know who the artists are going to be. We don't know anybody. I mean, the flyer is very non-informational. Just says, yeah, it's going to be all this stuff. But yeah, doesn't tell me anything. Tell which anything. Just show up. You might discover some good. really awesome stuff you would never even know about. Yeah, like edging. I don't think that's the first time you've heard of that. Damn it. (laughs) 
Um, all right, I think are we done? Is that all? Yeah, we're done. Today? Yeah, all right, we're all done. Um, so thank you for listening and waiting all the way till the end with all our bad jokes and everything. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it and you learned a little bit like we did. I certainly am very excited about both Alabama Shakes and Dry Bite Truckers. So again, I knew who they were, but yeah. didn't certainly. Now I'm going to certainly listen, especially Alabama Shakes. Um, follow us on all social media at Invive Podcast everywhere. And our email address is uh, invivepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, any questions, you want to curse us out, whatever you want. And we are out. Goodbye. Goodbye. Nice. Huge thank you to Tommy's Pub for hosting M Vibes Podcast. Located at 3124 Eastway Drive, Tommy's Pub is big on music and community. Some of the events coming up this week on Monday, June 6th, Pat's having a jam session starting at 8 p.m. On Tuesday, June 7th, karaoke with DJ Velveteen. Wednesday, June 8th, Shindig, a 50s and 60s night. Every Thursday, open mic night with Chase Brown. Friday, is Reflections with DJ Velveteen. Saturday, June 11th, it's Never Too Hot to Rock 6, starting at 9, featuring Venus Evictus, Decadence, a life worth taking. Come on out and support our good friends at Tommy's Pub with one of these events that are all totally free. 